Ten minute talk. Ten minute talk. Ten minute talk. Ten minute talks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Phantom Zone, your one-stop shop for all things nerdy. We're now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, and now SoundCloud. Uh, my name is Chris Buick, and I'm joined once again by my fellow nerds, Ian and Simone. How are you both? Hi. I'm Hello. Good. Yeah, good. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Good? Good? Yeah, well, well, we'll, we'll, get it, we'll get into what we're feeling, you know? Yes. <laughs> we're, all, we're all a bit sensitive today, uh, which we'll get into throughout the course of this chat. Um, we are back with another episode of our 10-Minute Talks, uh, this time to talk all about The Last of Us Episode 3, titled Long, Long Time, a song which... God has dominated my life for the last week. Um, in the aftermath of Tess's sacrifice back in Boston in episode two, uh, we find Ellie and Joel now trying to move forward and seek help from two former associates, Frank and Bill. Uh, this episode, a uh, long, long time, then focuses primarily on the relationship between Frank and Bill. It takes us back to the start of the pandemic where we meet Bill for the first time, played by Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec and tons of other hilarious stuff that he's in and brilliant actor uh, who is a survivalist who initially, I think, let's say, embraces the new world order when it comes about and is quite happy living alone self-sufficiently until Frank, played by Murray Bartlett from White Lotus and tons of other stuff, another great actor, wanders into his life and changes everything. Um, So... You may notice we don't have Toby this week, which is unfortunate, and because I'm sure he would have had a lot to say about this one. However, before I ask both of you to really get into episode three and all the details, um, have we recovered yet? <laughs> I don't it, think I'll ever recover. It, it really fucked me up. I think honestly. it will. I think this will. I think this 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 episode of TV is going to stay with me for oh my god why am i welling up this episode <laughs> <laughs> don't blame you this is a safe space <laughs> it is going to stay with me for a very very long time um yeah. ian and i were talking about it immediately after we watched yeah. and the word life affirming was thrown around yeah so oh, yeah. yeah yeah a lot a lot like, and i think for an episode of tv to do that it's going to stay with you yeah is. i don't so i don't really get overly emotional at tv and film because i kind of managed to tell myself it's a tv it's a film yeah. however yeah, yeah. this one me and my wife were just holding each other by the end <laughs> <laughs> like oh my god this is this is too much yeah it's, it's it has and it's i think it's obviously the same people who made chernobyl when that had a massive impact emotionally they could really hit notes and hit you when they wanted to they, mm. they clearly have a knack for this kind of thing in this mm-hmm, episode mm-hmm. so but we'll get into the emotional the gritty of it. First. so you'll you'll have a few minutes to prepare yourselves for that but i want to talk about obviously the opening bit first with joe mm-hmm. and ellie obviously as i mentioned tess's sacrifice in episode two means that they can carry on and obviously we're starting to now delve into what i guess the crux of the game is about which is the relationship between joel and ellie mm-hmm. and then moving forward and trying to and the dynamic that grows between those two um how do we how do we like i guess the first opening 15 minutes or so um how do we feel that the characters are progressing and how do we feel that that kind of that that kind of section which kind of starts to blossom their relationship a little mm. bit went yeah i think it was good i think like as i said you know we i'm gonna go back to what i said about the first episode with um what's the actress's name who's playing ellie i feel bad 
Bella Ramsey. Thank you. Yeah, with Bella Ramsey, I don't really feel like she got to really show anything in the first episode. But in this one, like we got to see her acting with Pedro Pascal a lot more back and forth, just the two of them. And they're very good together. And there's a really good dynamic between them. Mm. Um, I think she plays a really like a good fish out of water sort of like person because she you forget because we're obviously living our lives now that somebody her age during this would have no context of anything else prior to it. Like, so when she's like, you actually were in a plane it's like, Oh yeah, that's, she would never experience that. And she plays that off really well. Yeah. That's uh, that's a moment I noted down as well. Cause I think when obviously Joel's complaining about things and she's like, and she just kind of brings back goes, but you got to go on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do all these things that I never got to do. And it's just a real, I don't know. She, she, she has a totally different perception of the world than he does. And, and she played that very well. Like she yeah. plays that very well. And so does Pedro Pascal. The bit that I it's not that it's weird, but maybe again it's something that will play up as we go on. And and Chris is somebody who's played the game, you might have a different perspective of it. It the one bit I was a bit like, well, she's a fucking psycho then is when she finds the 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 infected person in the basement mm. and just fucking starts torturing it a bit. Like cutting it. And then she goes, Yeah, okay, now I'll stab it. And I was like Oh, okay. That's a bit fucking weird. It's just it's... yeah. I think I don't. I don't think that's as pertinent in the game as it okay. has been in this episode. I don't right. think. I don't remember specifically looking at Ellie in the game, going, "Geez, you've got issues." Um, <laughs> but um, I think it's kind of. I think you know, there's parts of The Walking Dead and other zombie things that have um, established this when children grow up in that kind of environment. They're mm. they don't like, and I guess based back what we're talking about have that grasp on what the reality of it is Mm. so maybe a bit desensitized it because it's all they've ever known and there's they've survived and as far as they know like oh well these things you know that they can't be that scary otherwise i would be dead already but they don't realize that that's not a world that has it's not normal so i don't think they perceive it properly yeah that's that's kind of how i felt about that scene like she's got this sort of like morbid curiosity with them that Mm. i feel like and also i think it has something to do with her being immune Mm. you know i I think she has this like morbid curiosity of like Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. she's like she's almost like she she sort of like started dissecting it a little bit she was like what is it about this creature like how is this happening like you know, she slices the skin open and she watches like the stuff start to come out. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's definitely like a a curiosity that she mm. has. Um, and then she just stabs it in the face, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I guess I guess that scene kind of leads you uh, not down a false path, but kind of makes you think like, oh, we had such a tense episode in episode two where they were sneaking through the museum and had all these dangers and stuff and thought, okay, when she goes down the cellar, are we going to have that similar kind of, you know, anxiety ridden, you know, um, episode, but it kind of obviously comes back to the forefront and I guess focuses more on establishing the relationship between Joel and Ellie. And mm. what I find interesting is and it's, I guess it's something that um, either Joel has just decided that he doesn't want to treat her like a child or it's because of something Tess said when she says, I'm going to speak to you like an, like an adult, is he just, he's just so matter-of-fact of her. God, this is what's happened. This is why this is like this, rather than trying sugar. He does try and protect her from, obviously, 
when they come across the killing field, the, the killing field essentially. But he but he doesn't sugarcoat it for her, and I think he's conscious of the fact. And again, this is something that The Walking Dead was guilty of when they try and go, "Oh no, kids, it's all fine. No, 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 don't look over here." Um, where he goes, "No, this is the world you live in, and you need to realize that." And it, it's it's kept that consistent, I think, through three episodes. Mm. I, I had a question for you, um, Chris, with having played the game. Mm. Um, obviously, there are a lot of changes with this episode with the game. Mm-hmm. I remember the playthrough I watched, but it's, it's been a long time since I've watched it. But obviously, it's confirmed now that the way in which it spreads is different, right? They Because he, he has that moment where Pedro Pascal is dis- telling Ellie mm-hmm. about, you know, it, you know, by Friday, all this infected food happened, and it had spread everywhere because it's just food that everybody uses. Mm. And then by Monday, everything kind of collapsed. Um, how did you feel about that change? Like, did you feel like that's... I know we talked about it a bit in the last episode, but we hadn't had it, like, confirmed that's the change they had made. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm, I, I'm genuinely fine with it. I think mm-hmm. um, the... Like, like, I think, like, Toby and I have mentioned before, obviously, you don't really get a... 100% beat on what happened while playing a game. You get like snippets of it throughout the game. And um, I think for them to put a finer point on it in this series is mainly just to say, like, let's get this out of the way. People are going to ask, like, how did this happen? Because you'll get people who haven't played the game, like, oh, well, how, how does it? And obviously, we, we're all fully aware of how quickly a pandemic can. Yeah, this episode okay. when he was talking about that as well, uh, when he said people totally in unprepared for a pandemic, I was like, I, as, yeah. as we well as we well know, but I think, and weirdly, I think that brings me on to, I guess, what I was thinking about is like they would they needed to address the fact that this is a show about a pandemic after post pandemic in reality. So I think mm. they've added that in to go look we're aware that this is a show about a pandemic and we've had one. This is how we're going to tell you the backstory of how it happened. And I don't think they'll labor on it again too much. I don't yeah. think it'll ever come back up if it's maybe a fleeting thing. I think, and I think it's fine. I think the re- part, part of the reason I'm fine with it is because they needed to address it. They could not leave that elephant in the room. I know obviously <laughs> they did it in a bit of backstory in episode two, but like, how did it actually happen for everyone else? Right, done, fine. Let's go. Let's move on with what we actually came here to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it worked like it was good. Um, I after after we've recorded this episode, we'll have to discuss. I watched a video about how this probably would never happen, which I was like, oh, that's reassuring. I think that's made me feel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's made me feel better. <laughs> there, there, are, there have been experts come out on, um, you know, these kind of things come out and actually have to reassure people that, you know. While you know it's rooted in scientific it's a, fact, yeah, it's yeah. very, very unlikely, you know. And, but I think everyone's like a bit like, oh no, not again. But the, the, <laughs> this one I watched as well was like, um, that that uh, not to there's no spoilers in this for us who for Simone who hasn't no, doesn't know the ending of the game or like the next game either. But there was like a video I watched which was explaining that Ellie's probably not immune. What she's probably got is another fungal infection that would prevent her from getting the initial one, and then yeah. you could just synthesize that, and everyone would be fine. Yeah, yeah. So you don't need to worry about it. 
<laughs> it's all, for, to, to listeners, this is never going to happen, so you're fine. But what's really dangerous is viruses, and the, as we well know. <laughs> as we well know. So, yeah. uh, so wash your damn hands, all right? <laughs> hands, face, space. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on to lighter topics now, mm. we will... Um, <laughs> so, obviously... That's, I guess, that's the first fifteen minutes or so, and I guess mm. we revisit Ellen Jolie right at the very end. But the main uh, crux of this episode, the hour and fifteen, ten, fifteen minute episode mm. that this is, um, focuses on two characters, Bill and Frank, who are present in the game and have been mentioned in previous episodes before. Um, uh, so obviously, people might be asking who don't know who are Frank and Bill. Why are they important? Why are they, you know? for joel elliot and that at the moment at the at the time tess um so now we get to meet uh frank and bill um living their own life in their own little cul-de-sac um that they've prepared for each other um so i'm, I'm just gonna ask straight away like how on a scale of one to ten how much does this devastate you emotionally <laughs> like Thirty-five thousand. <laughs> I was going to say like a solid eleven, like that. Yeah. It's it is off the it's off the chart. It's so like, oh. mm. so I, yeah, yeah. Just just for a bit of backstory, obviously between that's what's happening that happens in the game. So in the game, you meet mm. Bill, and Bill is very much as he is in the in the show. He's a survivalist. He lives on his own. He's got traps everywhere, but he lives in like a more of a town rather than a small street and he's got uh but he lives on his own and you hear about frank you never meet frank until bill asks you to go off and do something get some parts for him so he can give you the battery that all that but tracks you then find frank dead having hung himself because he was bitten with a note saying that he would rather die than live with bill for another five minutes because he's sick of him so oh. when i when i knew bill and frank were coming into this i thought oh that's gonna be interesting now you now haven't told you that you now realize how different this episode is from the yeah. game so for me watching it i was i was always in a point of going at what point does frank leave bill at what point when there's obviously a, a scene where he walks out the house and they have that argument. I thought, this is it. This is when it's going to turn. And this is when it's all going to become this thing. Um, but I think it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't. And, and I was, I was fully, I think like most of the internet, surprisingly I've gone and fully embraced this and gone, actually this change has been for the better. I much mm. prefer this narrative to um to what i experience in the game it gives such much more emotional health it's more of a mechanism a plot mechanism in the game to get ellie and joel from a to b to c to d yeah um obviously you guys now i've told you what that is i think do you agree that you'd prefer what you saw rather than the game yes yeah yeah for sure because it's like you i feel like this episode with them you know Bill being alone initially for four years and then Frank falling into one of his traps mm. and then creating a relationship with each other um, shows for me and then it ending in the way it did with, you know, them essentially committing suicide together. Um, it, it for me was like a life affirming sort of like, even in like the apocalypse, the end times, there's like love for one another can exist mm-hmm. and 
you know this that narrative of somebody developing like a, an ailment which they can't recover from and then a partnership deciding you know i've i've lived my life with you and i'm okay with ending it now as well you don't have to have that in the apocalypse you know that works in like any sort of like setting it just by placing it in the apocalypse and it just really became like very um what's the word i'm looking for it just kind of really like solidified that story to make more sense i think if he had just killed himself and been like i hate you yeah i feel like that just would have been like kind of a letdown i think but then again from the sounds of it in the in the game bill is more of a like go do this for me go bring it back for me and you can't do that in a tv show so that makes sense you know to change that yeah. yeah, so Mon, we we used the phrase life affirming before the recording, yeah. and I think that's apt. I mean, how did you feel watching it? I thought it was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. It was Stunning. so beautiful. It was yeah. just a stunning story of, you know, you have these two characters, and Bill is, there's, I mean, I think it's, he's not living when Frank comes into the story. He's surviving. He's not living. He's just, yeah. you know, he's just surviving. And it's the it's the idea and that it's the idea that sorry, I'm quite emotional. It's the yeah. idea mm. that like without human connection, you you're not you're not truly what's the, living. What's the point? Mm. Yeah. Well, you are not living. Arguably you... he wasn't living before the apocalypse, though. No, he was just prepping, right? Yeah. So he was just ready for all of it to go go to shit and thinking like, this is great, I'm on my own. And it's like, no, you're not living. You are surviving. And mm. the whole point of life is to find human connection and to, <clears throat> sorry, to, to, to make those, you know, to, to find love and mm. to experience and share things and share experiences with other people. Mm. And so when, the, you know, Frank sits down at the piano and starts playing that song, that and Bill obviously has that like visceral reaction, like not that song, not that song. But then he sits down and starts playing the song, and it's mm-hmm. like, mm. it's just oh my god. We were like, they pro- <laughs> he probably didn't, he hadn't played that song in probably like four years, probably more than that. Yeah, and like it's really, I think it's like really well written that Frank's like they have that embrace. And then he asks his name. Like, they haven't even exchanged, like, names yet. Yeah. Because mm. they haven't had... Like, we were talking about this last night when we got in from our friend's birthday. It was a good evening. But we got in and um, we we decided to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lovely evening. And then we were like, yeah, let's chat about this. Um, so, like, they, Bill is alone for four years and before yeah. that probably didn't have much interaction with people anyway. And then Frank has said that like there was 10 people from his like uh, group that got out of their quarantine zone that collapsed from the sounds of it. So he's seen just mayhem from the sounds of it and people just dying. He's just the one left. And they have that moment of embrace where it's like, I found somebody who over this piece of music has a similar feeling to me and they connect even without knowing each other because in the desperation of their situation finding that human connection that you're talking about Simone is what matters Mm. and it's just so powerful that that even their initial like embrace is just really really powerful Mm. and then as the episode goes along 
you know, like the we see their like relationship grow. Apparently, there is a two-hour cut of this episode. Yeah, I would right. love to see that. Yeah. Well, apparently, Craig Mazin, the showrunner, watched the two-hour cut and said it's, it was even more emotionally devastating. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> I, 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 cope. I believe it. I believe yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. Like, like what? Like what you're saying exactly? Like yeah. you know. And I think what was so beautiful of of in this episode is, you know, you get to see them have these almost like trivial arguments yeah. that just seems so like, it's so like outside of what you would expect in a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. You know, F- Frank storms out of the house and he's like, no, like I've had enough. This, Like I'm done. Like I can't keep doing this anymore. And then it, you find out it's not that like he's like lonely or needs more people there or whatever. It's that he wants to paint the town. Yeah, I think I think that sums up, I guess, how I feel. It's it's constantly subverting expectations of what you think is going to happen, what you yeah. think is mm-hmm. is happening. So obviously, when we first, um, well, when we first see um, Bill Nick Offerman like basically come out of his house and, and embrace the world that he because he's now on his own and he could do whatever he wants. Um, I, part of me was thinking, oh, this is essentially Ron Swanson in in the apocalypse. Yeah. He's yeah. just like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. This is what he's been prepping for all, all the time. He's been head of the parks department. Um, <laughs> but um, twist, it's twist. actually Ron Swanson. <laughs> Could you imagine? I was like, <laughs> that would be such a twist. He just he just looks at the camera, <laughs> yeah, 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 with his raised eyebrow, just yeah. like. But then, obviously, when when Frank turns up, I'm thinking, okay. And maybe it's just because I'm cynical and I've watched a lot of these shows where it goes wrong. Walking Dead, for example, where it's like this guy turns out, I'll be like, don't, don't trust him. Mm. Even though I know that's Frank, I don't trust him because I don't, because from the game, I don't know a lot about Frank. So, which is, which was great. But then obviously Frank stays and I'm, and then I'm just thinking like, is Frank going to screw Bill over? What's going to happen? You and do then, feel like, like that at points, don't you? Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. But again, I think it's just through experience of watching these things and that's generally how it would go. Yeah. And then like you said, Simone, obviously he bursts out the the house and they have that argument. I think, right, this is the point where Frank leaves and he's probably just sick of it. And it's like, no, he just wants to paint, you know, he just wants to paint the street a little bit and make it look nice so he can live there because he's yeah. he's happy. He just needs to sit. And then obviously... More comfort. You know. More comfort. And then and something I want to touch on as well is obviously with this show, the most present danger in your mind to these characters is obviously the apocalypse and the clickers. And then you, yeah. but, you do, you, but then you suddenly you realize he's terminally and go, oh, these things still happen. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like yeah. the rest of life stops and you think of all the things to go r- wrong for you in this world, that's just, and it must be so hard. And then Frank's monologue about, I'm not going to give you that gift from God speech. He's had a lot of good days. And I was just like, oh. Yeah, that, that was yeah. That, me. Bit that broke me. That broke me. And then me. when the music from Arrival kicked in, because that piece of music they're playing, it's not, specifically from arrival it's actually a composer um and he has his own album but the arrival used that piece of music at the end where she's seeing her life in the future Mm. that's the same piece of music which was very well used then and yeah used amazingly in this and it just oh my god broke me what i thought you were going to say chris which i actually said to simone after we finished watching this is that i also found like and it's interesting you mentioned the walking dead um because i don't like the walking dead um and i think it's become like a bloated 
sort of like oh yeah definitely yeah it's not especially the comics are amazing and the show is just like totally it shouldn't even be called the walking dead you know it's not the same thing it's a different comic it's a different property in my mind but anyway um i find that a lot of like zombie films and zombie like even though they're not technically zombies but you know what i mean this sort of genre they focus a lot on the zombies and like mm. it's the the like especially like Zack Snyder's Day of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead and you know Afternoon with the Dead and Evening with the Dead, <laughs> you know <laughs> a dining experience with Eleven the Zs with the Dead. The dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's always just like oh he's blown up all those zombies. How that you can get crazy kills and something the original George Romero's you know Day of the Dead was was about the people. And, like, the human element of the apocalypse, Uh, especially the first film very much being, like, a civil rights film, you know, and and I feel like this episode is one of the modern takes on this apocalypse that really focused on people. And I don't think Dawn, I think, I think um, The Walking Dead did that in its first season, because that's a very good first season, but then it just shit the bed. And just like, because the original showrunner left, didn't he? And and it was a whole like mess. Yeah, Frank Darabont left. And yeah. Basically came up with the idea and then left. Got and, forced out. Yeah. Um, which is a shame. That's a different story. But I just feel like this episode really put the ball back in like, this apocalypse scenario is not just a place where you can show zombies and like that universe it can show a human story, a human element of what goes through this. And I just don't, I haven't seen anything really do that this well. I've seen other things do it, like 28 Days Later does it. And like, but even that still has some of the, you know, the zombies, like the rage virus, you know, how are they going to rip people apart, all that sort of stuff. You know, I think one that does it actually really well is Shaun of the Dead. I think that does a really good one of like, (laughs) It does. It does. It's a yeah. love story in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. And this is similar, you know, like it's just a lot more like heartbreaking than funny, you know. And I, yeah. I liked that element of it, you know, that it's more about people, you know. Yeah, and you're right. There is a place for, you know, the, the films and the that have just, you know, it's about the zombie count and, you know, it's about that kind of thing. Like Zombieland, for example. Yeah, which a is stroll a, with the dead. You yeah, know, you can just one. have a fun time watching people kill zombies. And that's yeah, fine if that's, that's fine. your message. Yeah. But this show <sighs> and something The Walking Dead suffer from is it can't just sustain that for, yeah. forever. And yeah. It, yeah. It, despite it trying for many, 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 many years, um, <laughs> I gave up after when Andrew Lincoln left. I was like, right, I'm out. You um, stayed that long, girl. Yeah, yeah. I, I gave up whilst they were still on the farm. <laughs> Leave the farm. There are a couple of good series after that. It's series five, I think, when you know it starts becoming like them against raiders kind of stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. but then it just descends back into that kind of stuff. But anyway, we're not, we're not farm. here. We're not here. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, spoiler: the farm. Is fucked. Yeah, the farm's gone. Um but we're not here to talk about Walking Dead. Um yeah. but yeah, this show and I think obviously the the same like um Chernobyl, it's they have obviously the idea of what happened, but they can't just have it has to be about people, the incompetency, mm. you know, how people are surviving. It can't just be about, you know, they go into this abandoned building. Get, fight their way out this one fight their way out you know and then it because it just becomes boring because you mm. think well unless there's any stakes to that the, there's real stakes in this episode 
and there's no clickers, which is weird. Yeah, and, and if anything, it's the people because they go yeah. they get attacked by a raiding party. That Joel, yeah. I like that we also see Joel meet Frank and Bill. Oh yeah, and that's and I, such a great interaction. Yeah, that's so great with the gun. Just as they're having lunch together, <laughs> <laughs> whereas uh, Tess and Frank are just like off, like talking about like interior design and like, yeah, what's it like inside? <laughs> you know, but that's so nice. Again, it, it links back to your what you were saying about like you know there's it subverts that expectation again if we're comparing it to say the walking dead the walking dead every conversation is just always about like how are we going to survive oh there's this love triangle in the zombie apocalypse and there's more zombies killing other people oh my god like whereas this they're just talking about normal things and having like a normal conversation but then that you are just ever present that you're like oh yeah this is happening in the end times like this is really weird but it works really well yeah because you know it's 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 just so beautiful it's like you know even in the midst of all of this we still have to find a way to live you have yeah. to do more than just survive you have to find a way to make a life mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's oh oh god and it does yeah. it really well it does it so so well yeah 100 like, percent and I think before I ask you guys my last question, I just want to touch on what you just said there, Simone. Obviously, because in the game, Bill's message, we, Bill, we don't see Bill die uh, in the game. We His fate is unknown uh, after that. Um, mm-hmm. The But his message to Joel in that game is very much a, being close to people will get you killed and very much hammers at home quite a lot that, you know, caring about people get you killed, you're better off on your own, etc., which is a stark contrast to his message in that letter at the end of this game which yeah. is, if you have nothing to survive for you're not surviving mm. you're not you're not even living god that letter god damn yeah that was just heartbreaking as well yeah. like but not in a i was saying this this moment not in a tragedy sort of way nothing about this felt tragic like if no. if he had if he had died with the raiders shooting him in that scene that would have been tragic because you know he died you know in the arms of his love and they didn't get to experience life together but it was just heartbreaking in the sense that it's just so beautiful and obviously he's talking about Tess in that letter mm. to Joel but in many ways it's it's about Ellie for like the the show yeah. you know he needs to have a connection especially at the beginning of our show, we see his daughter, his actual daughter, die. Mm. You know, the the clear parallel is the father-daughter relationship. You know, that's what he's living for. That's what gives him meaning. Uh, even though he, at the moment, is obviously reluctant of it. That's what the letter's about. Uh, and ending on the, the window as they drove away, I felt was like a really hopeful ending to that. Like, we didn't see their bodies. We didn't need to see that. We just... We drove away into this nice sort of like, you know, they they found each other and now Joel and Elliot found each other. Yeah, so I, I totally agree. And I think the, the you're right, the, the ending with the window shot, which if you've ever played the game and you go to the opening title sequence, you know, when you press new game and settings mm. and stuff, it's a shot of that window. Okay. So that's a very nice little nod there. Um, I guess that brings... that. Brings up another question I had, which I forgot before my last question, which was when reading about this episode, obviously about the differences and why they made those changes. And you know, Craig Mason was saying that a lot of these shows are about what have you got to lose, whereas we wanted to make a show that is about why, what have we got to win, what have we got to mm. gain. And mm. I feel like 
I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like they proved that, you know, you can still win in this situation. Yeah. And despite the tragic ending, obviously how it plays out, I think they both still win by ending it on their terms. Yes. Would we agree with that? A hundred percent. Totally. Even Bill says, you know, like I've, I've lived my life. I'm satisfied. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he he has he he's 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 won he has mm-hmm. won life mm-hmm. in yeah. in in the apocalypse you know it it's from where he was at the beginning mm-hmm. to where he ends up mm-hmm. all through finding human connection yeah completely and and he as as we said he got to live in the in the apocalypse he got to actually experience life um which he never did before mm-hmm. you know he was just always prepping for the end uh, and then once it happened, he actually got to live out what he he never was able to in in us in the current society. And like, right. yeah, I, I I think it it really did do that. I think you know he's right. Probably like so many of these things, and why we were so connected to it is so many of these like of this genre are all about what you can lose. But yeah, they they won at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know? And as yeah. I say, that that choice they made, you could place outside of the apocalypse, and I would still be emotionally you know affected and probably be like yeah i respect the choices they've made they just put it into the apocalypse and made it make sense 100 percent. yeah and, and it totally works i completely agree with that and mm. um, so my last point i guess before we wrap up is as much as you know the writing's great the show's great the directing everything around it is great i think this show this episode and i, I don't want to say lives and dies because that's probably not true but is basically what really makes it a 10 out of 10 is the two performances i was about to say no it does live their performances are fantastic murray bartlett as frank who if you haven't seen if no one's seen white lotus which is like more of a comedy thing he's amazing that australian actor amazing in that and obviously nick offerman who most people know from other things these two interesting performance is white lotus a comedy as well it's like a comedy drama it's basically he owns a a hotel in hawaii and and they cater to like these white socialists uh, socialite not socialist socialite (laughs) socialite that's not what i heard about the show you know you know whose problems are like you know i my 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 diamond earrings are not Mm. as as expensive as their diamond earrings and he's basically like the guy who's trying to appease them all and it's Mm -hmm. quite funny obviously i'm trying to these privileged people mm. um but and obviously nick offerman a big comedic actor well yeah i was about to say two comedic actors putting in like an absolute tour de force of acting mm. like i think i think comedic actors have that in them yes they do. look at robin yeah. williams he did it for a lot a few times mm-hmm. uh, when he was i think comedic actors are, can do drama pretty well yes yeah i agree and it they just was outstanding like they were just so outstanding. Like yeah. their their discussion on the couch as he's in his wheelchair and he's like saying, Love me the way I want to be loved is just like, oh my God. Mm. And then they have the day together and it just like their performances are outstanding. Mm. Outstanding. Do you agree, Sam? I do. Oh. It was oh, it's just like this. It's okay, there is, Sim. They're having a good time. I don't have any, there is no criticism that I can throw at this episode. No. There's nothing. There is nothing to be said. Like, And fuck those people who keep giving it down votes. Because oh. Of, uh, oh, yes, fuck. fuck go those, fuck yourself. Yeah, fuck if you, go if you, fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Like, this is what 
TV. Yeah. This is what TV should do. It should make you want to grip life by the balls. You know, like it, oh. it really is. <laughs> That's a tagline for you. The last of us. It really, it really is just so, you know, carpe diem and like whatever the situation, you have to remember to live mm. because that is the point of life. It's not about just trying to survive, just get to the next day. It is mm. about finding human connection, finding someone that you love and just living, truly yeah. living in the highs and the lows. As you know, as, as Frank says, you know he's had a lot of bad days, but that's part of life. That's part of living. It can't mm. just be, you know, can't just be you coasting. It's mm-hmm. it's the ups and downs that make a life. And yeah. I just what a phenomenal, what a phenomenal message. Yeah, well, well done to the Last of Us. Yeah, just, I I think while well, I expect that the rest of the episodes we'll see are going to be great, I think it's going to be hard to top this one. And that's not, that's not in a, you know, negative way, <laughs> negative yeah. way. I just think you've, you've really nailed every aspect here. Like someone said mm-hmm. that everything while could be amazingly epic is not going to, it's not going to beat this. I don't no. think, um, but I, I want to see them try. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> famous <laughs> last words there. Yeah. We come um, back next week. I was a mess again. Stop doing this. Yeah. I'm starting to understand the hype that led up to obviously press, see this stuff before we do. And the hype. yeah, this one got critically acclaimed by everybody. Yeah, and, watched that it. Was yeah. All, and I'm always a bit skeptical of those kind of things. Cause this hype can sometimes be a letdown, but good mm-hmm. God so far. Yeah. Yeah. Bit. I just want to say, if anybody from The Last of Us is listening, you can definitely take the tagline, The Last of Us. It makes you grab life by the balls. That's, <laughs> that's 100%. 100%. Put that on your poster, Sky, uh, Now TV. Yeah, I could see that on a tube station poster. Yeah. <laughs> Samoan, the final yeah. zone. <laughs> but yeah, 10 out of 10 episodes. 10 yeah, out of 10. Fantastic. 100%. 100%. Well, that is all the time we have for this week thank you guys for joining me it's been real good and cathartic to speak about because it was a heavy emotional episode but like we said a really special one um and of course thank you to you our listeners as always for listening and tuning in we really appreciate it thank you we are as i said before available on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and now soundcloud <laughs> we are uh we are at the phantom zone podcast as well on instagram and twitter so please tell your friends and tell your family and rate us if you have a minute we'd really appreciate it or send us a mm-hmm. message as a couple of people have done um yeah drop us a message we're always message. happy to hear that yeah yeah 100 percent. um but for now thank you for joining us and we will see you next time goodbye bye, bye. 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 bye.